I want to talk to you today about breakthrough and deliverance. Come on. Deliverance is literally God taking you from one place to the next, right? That's what deliverance is. So in the natural, you're sick and then you get healed. That's called deliverance. You're in the natural, you've got no money and then God brings a miracle and you get money. That's called deliverance. That's what deliverance is, going from one place to another, either spiritually or physically. Amen? And, uh, and so this is really important because I feel like many people misunderstand how God works in our lives to bring deliverance. Often we rely so much on God and we don't realize the tools He's given us. He's given you the ability to partner with Him to bring deliverance in your life. We become so reliant on God that we become passive Christians. People become passive. Well, God, if it's your will, God, I'll come to church today. And if it's your will, Lord, do something in my life. But that's what the majority of the church is like. Well, if God wants to heal someone, he'll do it. If God wants to bring a breakthrough in that person's life, he'll do it. And so that's why we've got a church that's passive, not here, amen? I want, I want God to raise up aggressive Christians in this place. Come on, come on. Believers who will realize who they are, believers who will realize that they're full of the Spirit and will begin to move in that. Take up the authority, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. We're ambassadors of Christ, amen? Ambassadors move. Ambassadors do something. You're not a good ambassador if you sit on your chair and do nothing all week. Come on. So look at Psalm 107 for me. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Come on. That's the judgment and captivity of the enemy in your life, in the lives of people around you. God is the one who breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. I love that. Some became fools. This is talking about the Israelites. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities, because of their sin. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. Not a good place to be. But then, listen to this. This is how awesome God is. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what did he do? Nah, sorry. You haven't been very good today. No. What did he do? He saved them from their distress. He sent out his word. He sent out his word and healed them. He delivered them from the grave. Most people believe in this scripture that this is talking about uh, around four, uh, four things in Israel's history where God delivered them from. About four things. But look at this. Think about how God delivered them. Did you get that? In verse 20, he sent out his word. Did you get that? He sent out his word. I need everyone... To get that? Good. The main way that we see God bring deliverance in people's lives is through his word. The majority of believers separate the spirit from the word. And so we pursue Holy Spirit and we love Holy Spirit. And it's all through Holy Spirit. He lives in us. He's the the third person of the Trinity. But some people get so focused on pursuing Holy Spirit that we forget that God has also given us His Word. And they end up separating the Spirit of, the, of, of God 
from the Word of God. You can't separate the two. So we put the two together. So we are Hope City Church is a church of the Spirit and the Word. Not just a church of the Spirit, but a church of the Word. And we're not just a church of the Word, but we're a church of the Spirit. Amen? It's the two coming together. And so many, it's like a seesaw. And what happens is, is if you want the seesaw to work well, it's got to be balanced on both ends. And if you get too heavy on one end, it gets unbalanced and the seesaw doesn't go properly. It doesn't work. We've all been there when we were younger. So we've got to get a balance between the Spirit and the Word. Amen. And one of the main ways we see God deliver people and nations in the Bible is through His Word. Through the Word of God coming from His mouth. Amen. In Psalm 119 verse 170, King David says, Deliver me according to your word. Deliver me according to your word, God. So the word of God is alive and active and has power to deliver people. Amen? Amen. The word of God, when it comes forth from God and the written word, so we're talking about the rhema word of God, the spoken word of God, but also the written word of God. This is the Holy Spirit inspired word. This has power to bring deliverance and freedom into your life and into people's lives around you. Has power to bring deliverance to a nation. Amen? This is alive and it's active. Mm. In James chapter 1, verse 21, the Apostle James says, To humbly accept the word of God which is planted in you that can deliver you, that can save you. The word of God that is planted within you, planted within your nature. So Holy Spirit puts the word in our nature and that word is sent forth to deliver us. But did you get that? Accept the Word of God in your nature which has power to deliver you. Many people, and this is... I was talking about this in a, in a healing training class we did about a month ago. And I asked people, what's the difference between praying for something like healing or deliverance or, or whatever it is in the Old Testament and Old Covenant compared to the New Covenant? The difference is, is the Old Testament prophets would never pray for someone until God moved. They would never pray for someone until they heard a word from God. And so what happens is we tend to get this Old Covenant, Old Testament mindset, which is still valid for today, but we also need to have both. We still wait on the Lord for a word from the Lord, but we get so stuck in this mindset of, I'm not going to do anything until I've heard God, until God does something for me. I'm not going to do anything until God blesses me. I'm not going to make a move here until I see God do something first. But see, the new covenant is that we move upon what Jesus, the living word, has already done for us. So in the new covenant, I don't have to wait for God to say, okay, go and pray for that sick person. I don't have to wait for that. In the Old Testament, they had to. They would wait for God. But in the new covenant, the will of God is represented through Jesus, through his death and resurrection and his life. And that means I move upon what Jesus has already done. The Bible says I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. So that means I'm blessed. Even if I don't see it, I've got it. So I move upon that. I move upon the blessing and I begin to become an ambassador and bless everything around me. Like Adam and Eve in the garden, I go out and I begin to name the animals. I begin to speak. I begin to move upon what God has already done for me. And that's what makes an aggressive Christian when you understand that. We become passive when we're constantly waiting on God to move. I love waiting on the Lord. I love waiting on God, but I've also got His written word. 
I've also got this which tells me what I can do. Amen? So I want to talk to you today about how to partner with God's Word to bring deliverance in every area of your life. This works in every area, not just one. It works in every area. God's Word, He is supplied for breakthrough in every single area of your life. Amen? We need to learn how to partner with it. So you're ready for that today? All right. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Thank you, Jesus. For indeed, we have had the good news preached to us, just as they also did. The they is the Israelites when they came out of Egypt through the wilderness to the gates of the promised land. The good news was preached to them that this land is yours. And we know what happened there. They ended up spending another 38 years in the wilderness because they didn't want to enter in. Just as they also did. But the word they heard. So the Israelites had a part of the gospel preached to them. The word they heard did not profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith. Did you hear that? It wasn't mixed with faith. It wasn't mixed with faith in those who heard it. The Word of God will never work in your life unless you mix it with faith. That's the truth. God's Word won't do anything in your life unless you mix it with faith, unless you apply faith to the Word. That literally means that you join your faith with the Word of God. Amos 3.3 says that two cannot walk together unless they're in agreement. And so many people want the Word of God, so I get the Word of God, And it says that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That word will never do anything in my life if it stays in here. That word's not going to do anything unless I apply, I join my faith to it. That's the first thing, is you need to mix faith with the word. See, the word of God, it's like a, imagine you get a new car and you got this car. I'm getting a new car soon. Come on. And you've got this car, right? And it sits in your garage and it's a great car. And we've got all, so imagine the Word of God is like a car, right? It's got all the features, everything that you need. It's in your house. You own it. It's yours. Yeah? It's your car. No one can take that car away from you because you bought it. So the Word of God is yours. Amen? But that car ain't moving anywhere. That car ain't going to get anywhere unless you put petrol in it. Unless you put some fuel in it. You can, you can try to, you can try and get it somewhere, it's not going to go. Come on. And that's what faith is. Faith is the fuel for the Word of God to be active and to begin to move in your life. And many people, this is something interesting. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But fuel costs something, doesn't it? Fuel costs. There's a cost to fuel. It goes up or down. And see, faith will always feel like it costs you something in the natural And so people don't want to apply faith to the Word of God because there's a cost to it. God, there's a cost to this faith. God, if I put faith in this Word, hang on, then this is going to be risky. There's going to be a risk to my faith. But see, so, so the fuel costs something. So that means that in the natural, it looks like sometimes I can go backwards when I mix faith with the Word of God. 
But see, for the Word of God to work, God's not a man that He should lie, nor the Son of Man that He should repent. If He said it, it's done, it's true. If the God of the creators in the earth, uh, creator of the heavens and the earth has said it, I'm going to believe that. Come on, I'm going to believe that. So that means if God said it, I'm applying my faith to it, even if it costs me something. And I feel like that's a word for some people right now. You're not applying faith to the Word because you feel like there's a cost. What's the petrol price at the moment? Too much, yeah, probably, probably too high. That's what we can feel like. You can feel like if I apply faith to this word, it's costing me. It's too much. God wants you to apply faith. See, Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide. He teaches us how to place faith in His word. Amen. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 10. As the rain and the snow comes down from heaven, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I've got a lot of favorites, but this is up there. And do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. That's you, the sower and the eater, right? So is my word, says God, that goes out from my mouth. Listen up, listen up. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which it was sent. That literally means behind every written word of God and behind every spoken word of God, there is an anointing behind that to achieve the purpose for which it was sent. Come on, put your faith in that. That God's spoken it, that means there is an assignment behind every word that will achieve what God has said it will achieve. So we mix faith with that. We mix faith with the fact that when He says that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing, when He says that it's by grace I've been saved, through faith, not of works, lest some man will boast, when He says that, I apply faith to that Word and there's an assignment behind it to bring grace into my life. Come on. Romans chapter 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. With the heart, Man believes and he's justified and with the mouth he professes his salvation, his faith and he's saved. So think about that. Is everyone saved on the earth? No. Do people hear the word of God and not accept it? Yes. Does that mean the word of God isn't effective? No. So what's the problem? They haven't mixed faith with the word. They haven't gotten the word into their heart. It's with the heart that you believe and are justified. Amen? It's with the heart. So you can speak the word of God, someone won't receive it, but it doesn't mean that that word is not effective. It doesn't mean that that word is any less effective for when the person who received it received salvation and believed it was for them. Amen? So the word of God, when we mix faith with it, You mix faith with the Word and it gets into your heart. It's the Word of God within me that begins to bring deliverance in our lives. It's the Word of God within us. So the Israelites, they had the good news preached to them, but they didn't mix faith with it. And so the the Word, God's Word, never got into their heart for them then to believe. They went into the Promised Land, the 12 spies, 10 came back with a bad report, Two came back with a good report. It was the intimidation of the enemy in the natural that stopped them receiving the word. It's interesting that 
In Mark chapter 4, it talks about the parable of the farmer who sows the seed. And it talks about four different hearts, right? It talks about the seed that is the Word of God. And it falls upon the hearts. It falls upon the, the rocky ground. It falls in the air. The enemy snatches it. It falls upon the hard heart, rocky ground, gets eaten up, gets burnt in the sun. It falls upon the weeds. It falls in the soil, but upon the weeds, which is, which is a picture of the worries and the stress of life that try to rip the word of God from us, the persecutions and the trials. It's interesting that Jesus says in that parable, persecution comes for the word's sake. The persecution and the trial comes from the enemy and he wants to steal the word, but it's the assignment of God for when that persecution comes that you'll keep your faith and that the word will be strengthened within you. Amen? Amen. Come on. That's why Paul tells Timothy to fight the good fight of faith. There's no other fight you have to fight except to stay in faith in God's word. Because the enemy tries to rip the word from you through the outside, through the trials of life. But see, God's saying, no, no, you keep your faith in that word and then that trial is going to surpass and you'll have a greater faith. That word is going to become effective in your life. Come on. So we think about the disciples. It's interesting in Mark chapter 4 that it finishes that passage with the disciples rowing through a storm. And Jesus is sleeping in the boat. See, when you mix faith with God's word long enough, you fall asleep in the storm. You can rest. You have peace in the storm. The problem with the disciples is they saw all the miracles that Jesus had done already. They saw that he was a man anointed. In fact, Jesus had commissioned them. And he says, you're going to be doing the same things that I'm doing. Yet they didn't mix faith with what they saw. And so they're rowing through this storm. Poor fellas. Must have been a pretty rough storm because they were quality fishermen, like the man up here. They're rowing through the storm, and the storm gets into them because the word isn't in their heart by faith. And they begin freaking out. Come on, who's been there? There's a storm in life, and you begin freaking out. Do you know why? It's because God's word isn't yet planted in your heart by faith. It was in that parable of Mark 4 that it's the soft heart that receives the word, accepts the word, and it produces a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold. So faith, what does it look like? Faith looks like accepting God's word in my heart. We accept God's word in our heart. We agree with God's word. Amen. Jesus had agreement with God's word. God's words in his heart, the storm can't get into him. In fact, the word within him got out into the storm and stilled the storm. Come on. You get the word of God into your heart by faith. And what happens is whatever's within you, the blessing of God, the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit within you will always go out and still the storm. Come on. Come on. Don't let the storm get into you. You get the, God's word into you and you release it into that storm you're facing right now. Amen. That's what brings deliverance in your life. Jesus, do something. See, that's what happens when we don't have God's word in us. The disciples are crying out to Jesus to do something. So we mix faith with God's word. We agree with it. Father, we accept your word. I walk with you, Jesus, meaning I agree with what you say about me. I'm a son of God. I'm a co-heir with Christ. You supply all my needs. 
You live in me. I'm united with Jesus. You get that word into you. Amen? That's the first point. We mix faith with his word. See, when you do that, Holy Spirit begins to quicken things to you. He begins to quicken the word within you. And that's when it comes alive. That's why I can preach a message. And then four months later, someone will come to me and say, man, I just got this revelation. Oh, like, oh, I can go do this now. Oh, you know, the Bible says this and oh, I can't believe I didn't know that before. And I'm like, I, I preached that to you three months ago. Like, come on. Obviously, my wife never does that. But I preached that to you three months ago, and then you hear it from Bill Johnson or from someone else, and then all of a sudden you start doing it. It's like, are you kidding me? I've been preaching, I've been preaching that message for years. Oh. But it's because they've, then, they've mixed faith with the word long enough, long enough. See, it's not just a one-day agreement. It's every day agreeing with God's word. They've done it long enough for all of a sudden Holy Spirit quickens it to them and like, it's like the light bulb switch. The, the switch is on. It comes on. And all of a sudden they begin living out what they've heard. Wow. That was a good revelation, wasn't it? All right, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 1. All right, all right. Jeremiah chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Did you get that? The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. Did you get that? He's speaking out everything he sees with his natural eye. Everything he feels, he's confessing. But the Lord said to me, what does God say? Don't say, do not say, I'm too young. In other words, don't say it. Don't confess that. Don't speak that out. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them, for I'm with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then what did God do? Then the Lord reached out his hand and he touched Jeremiah's mouth and he said to Jeremiah, I have put my words in your mouth. Wow. I've put my words in your mouth. First thing was we mix faith with the word it gets into our heart. The second thing is that we get God's word into our mouth. You confess God's word. You speak God's word out. God moves, his power moves upon the voices of Holy Spirit-filled men and women. That's how his power moves. You try praying for a sick person and not saying anything. Try delivering a demon out of someone and don't say anything. Won't work. He moves upon the power of words. Amen. Jesus says that if anyone says to this mountain, so you speak to the mountain. Come on. You've got to use the word of God. Jeremiah, he was speaking out of his own natural reality, his own perceptions of himself and his life. I'm too young. I can't do it. I don't have the words to speak. But what does God say? Don't say that. In other words, Holy Spirit wants to teach us today. He wants to teach you this week about what to say. He wants to train you in your words to speak the right things. What are you confessing over your life? Are you like Jeremiah? God, I can't do it. Oh God, if only, you know, I'm too young, I'm not qualified, don't have enough money, um, I've never prayed for someone before, uh, my family's always like this, they're never going to change, coming to Christmas. 
Christmas is never a good time for me. What are you confessing? Are you confessing your own reality and perception of things? Or are you confessing God's reality? See, you don't deny the truth. Many people take this the wrong way and they just start denying everything wrong in their life. No, you don't do that. You don't deny the truth. But there is a greater truth. There is a greater reality. It's called the Word of God. It's called God's truth, God's reality in your life. And so Holy Spirit wants us to partner with Him to bring deliverance in our life. And the way we do that is we get God's Word in our mouth and begin to speak it forth. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life is where? In the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruits. That means you eat the words you speak. You eat the words you speak. What you're speaking out is what you'll eat. That's incredible, isn't it? Really awesome and sometimes really scary. James chapter 3 says that our life is like a ship and our tongue is like the little rudder. Think about a little rudder on a ship. But see, that little rudder directs the course of your life. That's what he says. It directs the course of your life. That means where, where I'm speaking is where my life will lead, where, where I will go. Show me a person what they're speaking and I'll show you what their life is like. So we get God's word into our heart. We begin to confess God's word over our life. We begin to thank God. Thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed. Thank you that I'm holy. Thank you that I'm righteous. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. A soothing tongue, a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Where does Holy Spirit live? In your spirit. You're a spirit, a soul, and a body. So that means your words... See, Holy, for Holy Spirit to move, He moves through your spirit. So your words either quench God or allow God to move. Your words give God something to work with. Let's be quiet in here. You're all thinking, oh, flip. I better not talk to Dean anymore. <laughs> we'll get rebuked. No. Wow. I remember praying to God last year. I remember praying about something. I won't say what it is, but anyway, I was praying about this. And I mean, it was a good prayer. Like, you know how you can rate your prayers sometimes? And I'm like, this prayer is a quality one, Lord. If you're going to answer a prayer, it will be this one. I've got all, I'm saying all the right words. I'm in faith, you know, all that. All of my own performance, right? And, uh, and so I'm praying to God and then I'm walking throughout my day and I begin saying things about what I just prayed about and I just began complaining, oh, this, and I began speaking these things out which were opposing my prayer. And so many people wonder why their prayers aren't working. And sometimes it's because we're praying about a matter and we're releasing and we're, we're, we're praying to God, God move or, or, or something this, we're speaking against that mountain. But then in conversations with other people during the week or conversations about that, we're speaking the total opposite. See, in James, it says when it talks about a double-minded man, that can literally be translated as double-tongued. Don't expect to receive anything from the Lord if you're double-tongued. In, in other words, what you're confessing can cancel out what you've been praying for. Hmm. So Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 3 says, By faith we understand that God framed the whole universe 
by his command. He framed the whole. God literally created you and me, created everything by his word. You're a child of God. Your words are powerful. The words you speak either release life or they quench what God wants to do in your life. The words you speak. So Hebrews 11.3, the principle from that is that our words create a framework for God to move. Our words create the framework and the foundation for what we receive in life. So what do we do? We get God's word and we begin to confess faith-filled words. You begin to speak forth words. See, see, the new age have taken this and they think, well, I just speak positive words over my life. No, no. no. We, well, please speak positive about yourself. Please do that. Don't speak negative. But you get the Word of God. It's the Word of God in your voice, in your mouth. It's the Word of God that you proclaim forth into your life. See, Joel chapter 3 says, Let the weak say that I am strong. Are they weak? Yeah, they're weak. They are weak. That's the truth. But there's a greater reality. There's God's reality. Let the weak say, I am strong. So many Christians, they live their life like this. Let the weak say, I'm weak. It's how we live our life, just speaking out the natural reality. God has a greater reality. God says to you, come on, it's time to wake up today. Come on, it's time to wake up this morning. It's time to get a different perspective on your life. It's time to get a different perspective on your relationships, on your marriage, whatever it is. And you wake up and you say, let the weak say I'm strong. Let the depressed say I'm joyful. Come on, let the sick say I'm healed. Whoa. Let those stuck in sin say I'm righteous. Ooh. That's a tough one, isn't it? Because that's the truth. The Spirit of God lives in you. You're one with Jesus. The way God sees you, the way God sees Jesus seated at the throne is the way He's looking at you. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's incredible. So we confess the reality of God in our life. Amen. Over every single area. You should see me when I'm praying. I'm confessing God's Word a lot. Lord, I thank you that I'm blessed. Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm prosperous. I thank you that I'm holy. I thank you that I'm righteous. I thank you that I'm loving and a kind and a generous person. I thank you that my prayers are effective. Come on. Let those stuck in bitterness say they're full of love towards people. It's time to shift your words. It's time to shift your confession. Amen. So we mix faith with God's word. We confess God's word. And the last point, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 45. This is a great scripture. All right. David said to the Philistine, this is Goliath. He said to Goliath, so Goliath had been taunting Israel for how many days was it? 40? He'd been taunting Israel for that long, right? And there'd been no fighting yet, and Israel, their mindset, they were stuck in fear and intimidation. But David comes with a different perspective, and David says to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, everything in the natural. That's how the enemy operates, right? But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down. And cut off your head. 
Move to verse 47. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. How does God save then if it's not by sword or spear? By his spirit and his word. Amen. And he will give you all into our hands. The Philistine moves closer. David ran quickly to meet him. He reached into his bag and took out a stone. He slung it and struck Goliath right between the eyes, in the head, right? He hits the enemy where his words are thought up, where his mindset comes from. And he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine, he struck down Goliath and killed him. Think about this. He puts a stone in his sling, in a pouch. A stone in the scripture is always a picture of the revelatory word of God. Jesus Christ is our living cornerstone. Amen? It's a picture of the revelatory word of God, right? A sling is a concave. What does that mean? It's a picture of the heart, the human heart, yeah? So David's coming up against Goliath. And what does he do? He gets the word of God into his heart. And then he releases the word at the enemy. Wow. He delivers a whole nation through that. The whole Israelite nation is completely delivered. And then he goes and cuts the head off the enemy, saying this mindset, this fear and intimidation, these words spoken against me will never be spoken again. Mm. The third thing is we partner with God, we partner with his word for deliverance, for freedom in every area of our life, is we proclaim God's word. You need to proclaim God's word in your life. What's the difference between proclamation and confession? Confession is affirming yourself. So when you're confessing, you're affirming yourself. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. I worship you. Thank you that I'm your child. You're, you're, you're affirming your soul. You're affirming who you are, right? But there's a difference between confession and proclamation. Proclamation is when you begin to wield the word of God as a weapon against the devil. Come on. Proclamation is when you get God's word and you begin to hit poverty with it. You get God's word and you begin to hit sickness with it. Come on. You get God's word and you begin to hit your relationships with it. You begin to soak the areas of your life where you feel like the enemy is taking over. You hit fear and intimidation with the word of God. And some believers need to actually learn to use the word of God as a weapon. See, we confess his word. We, we use it to affirm ourselves, but now we use it as a weapon against the enemy. See, I feel confident with his word, but I've got to learn to release it upon my voice. I've got to learn, I've got to, learn to speak to every area of my life. I get a promise for my problem. And too many people, the enemy is speaking to you throughout the day, and you're just receiving it. You're just accepting it. Well, yeah, you're depressed today. You know, well, that is really tough. You are going through this situation. It is really hard. And you stay quiet. You don't say anything. Well, hang on. God's given you his word. You get the word of God into your mouth. You proclaim it against the enemy. And he will come down. Come on. Come on. The word of God is effective. It's alive. It's powerful. Isaiah 55. There's an assignment and an anointing behind every word of God to proclaim it and take down the enemy in your life. Come on. It's time to wield his word as a weapon. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 4 says, My words are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Life to those who find them. Every word of God, when it gets into you, is living and it's life. There is no word of God. There is no area of your life that the word of God isn't sufficient for. Amen? And so many of us are waiting for Holy Spirit to do something and Holy Spirit's saying, hang on, I've given you my word. Hang on, I've given you this tool. And too many people have been Christians for too long and not learned how to use God's word. So Ezekiel 37, God takes, up, takes Ezekiel and he takes him into the valley of dry bones and he says, prophesy. Begin to prophesy of these bones. And what does he prophesy? Hear the word of the Lord. Come on. It's time to proclaim and to prophesy into your relationships. It's time to proclaim and prophesy over that person that's really annoying you. Well, that, that person's just so annoying. Oh, we have got family Christmas. I have to put up dealing with this person. Well, well, well if you say that, what do you think you're going to get? Well, I just hate my job. I wish I had a new job. I wish I had it. Well, if you're saying that, what do you think your attitude is going to be like on your job? What do you think your job's going to feel like when you're there? Come on. You begin to prophesy to every area of your life. Hear the word of the Lord. I prophesy over people all the time when I'm in the secret place. I spend time with God. I pray. And then I rise up in the spirit and I begin to prophesy over people. There's people in this room who I prayed for. There's people here who I prophesy of you. I say that they're full of the Holy Spirit. They're moving in the gifts of the Spirit this week. I prophesy over them that they're seeing healings and miracles this week. I prophesy that they're seeing change and transformation in their workplace, in their relationship with God. You've got to water the ground with God's Word. Amen. 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 Interesting that when Ezekiel did that the first time, the bones and the ligaments came together, but there was still no life. And many people use God's word for a week or two weeks or a month or six months. Nothing's changed. Ah, doesn't work for me. God didn't say to Ezekiel, oh, well, you just didn't do it good enough. Well, yeah, my word must not work because you prophesied and it only half got done. No. He says, prophesy again and prophesy breath into these bones. Come on. And what does he do? He says, four winds come, breath come, and a whole nation, a whole army comes to life. It was a picture of what God was going to do in Israel, but it took time. It took time. That's why one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering, patience. Because some people use the word, we're wielding the word, it's not working, God, it's not working, God, and so we get into a place of unbelief and then it cancels out everything we've done. You place faith in God's word. You proclaim it against the enemy. Amen? Amen? Don't stop speaking or confessing God's word. Come on. So I want to encourage every single person that you are, you are this week, this month, a person of the spirit and you are a person of the word. Amen? You're a person of the spirit and you're a person of the word. God has given you his word. Psalm 107 verse 20 he sent forth His Word and He delivers you. Amen? He gives you His Word. And so we get His Word. We partner with it. I thank You, Lord. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that whatever situation I'm going through right now, whatever situation you're in, whatever you're thinking about going into next year, 
Thank you that I have your word. I'm going to get your word into me. I mix faith with your word. I'm going to confess your word and I'm going to proclaim it. Amen? So lift your hands to God right now. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, you're our teacher. Just bring revelation to people right now. I thank you, Lord, that you send the rain in people's lives. That you send the word. You send the word. You sent the word into people's lives. You sent the word into people's lives, Lord. I release faith in people. Holy Spirit, release the spirit of faith into people's lives right now. Right now. Stir up. Stir up. I speak to people's hearts right now. I speak to your heart. I say, stir up in faith. I speak to your spirit, man. I say, stir up. Rise up. Rise up. Rise up. I proclaim over every person that you're seeing the Word of God in a new way. I decree that you're seeing the Word of God in a new way, that you're hungry, that you're passionate for God's Word. Holy Spirit, thank you for an upgrade in every person's life right now, in understanding the Word, in learning how to use your Word as a weapon, Lord. Thank you for a fresh grace, Father. Thank you for the power of our voice. I see people this week, you're going out and God, even, even this message, God's given you a completely new perspective on that problem you're going through. And I see you going out this week and wielding His Word. I see the Word of God even coming alive to you. I speak lot. I see God's Word, when you read it, His written Word, and when you spend time with Holy Spirit, there's going to be a fresh hunger and a passion but it's like it's going to jump off the pages. And where you felt dry before reading His written Word, He's filling you with life right now. There's divine exchange happening in your life. I thank you, Lord, for those people. I release that hunger for your Word, Lord. And we agree with people, Lord, where the enemy is coming to attack their lives, we proclaim your Word over them. We proclaim the Word of the Lord in your life. I prophesy over every single person that you're walking in health. I prophesy right now over every single person that you're walking in prosperity. I prophesy right now that you're walking as a child of God is meant to walk. I prophesy right now that the mercy and the favour and the grace of the Lord is chasing you down. I prophesy over you right now that you're seeing the power of God in your life. No more. No more of not seeing any of the kingdom of God. I prophesy over people right now that you're seeing the kingdom of God manifest when you pray for people. You're seeing the kingdom of God manifest when you're speaking to people. I prophesy, I speak into you wisdom and revelation from heaven for this week. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And I decree a fresh word. I ask Holy Spirit, drop a seed of a fresh word into every person's heart right now that will open up their imagination for what you can do in their life. Thank you, Lord. 